1: Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. We've done quarterbacks. So, obviously, if you listen to this show and you haven't listened to the last one, jump back and listen to quarterbacks. Today, it's running backs. My favorite position, by far the most valuable position in the NFL. Nah, I'm just kidding. But you need them. We're going to probably have four on the roster. So, we may as well discuss it. Um, it's free agency time. I'm sitting down with my boy Ian, right, right, right. And we're just kind of like looking at what's on the roster. Brown's up pending free agents. Who's out there as a uh, free agent to sign? What does this room look like before we get into the draft? Hardly really getting into draft at this stage. But um, yeah, kicking fat. How are we doing, Ian? I'm
0: good. I'm good. I'm here to make the case for Saquon Barkley, baby. Here we go. All right. Uh, He's getting tagged. Listen, if you could convince me otherwise, maybe we could talk Josh Jacobs, one of the two. I'm making a big free agent splash in one of these guys. Clearly has to be, has to be. But no, I'm good. Uh snow's starting to melt out here in Chicago. February, the dreary month that it is. But yeah, we're moving through the position groups. Like Jack said, long, long discussion on quarterback. Most important position on the field yesterday. Check that out. Running back, I don't think is going to be as uh as much there.
1: No, I, th- I think they need some guys, but um, let's jump with who's on the roster first. So we've got two locks, two guys we know are coming back um, and going to make the 53, and that is Chubb and Ford. Um, Chubb locked in. He's your starter. Um, I would say he's got one more year, and then we get into an interesting discussion on how long he stays. He's only under contract for two more years. And third contract, running back, this front office, I would say unlikely. Um also need to be aware that he played an awful lot of snaps last year. And when we sort of see the number of snaps he played, there is many, many, many running backs that get a lot of injuries the following year. Hey, you've only got to look at Jonathan Taylor. People expected that sort of amount of snaps to continue. What happened? The body broke down. So be aware you're probably going to see games where Nick Chubb is on the injury report this year more than anything we've seen in his past NFL career. I
0: mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I was reliably informed by everybody that we don't run Nick Chubb enough. Is that, is that not true? Was I misinformed there, Jack?
1: Uh, they run him too much if you want to look at sort of uh, career arcs. So he's he's approaching the dangerous age of 28. and That is not good for a running back.
0: I think ultimately with Chubb, it's about now finding him a running mate, right? It's about finding him somebody where we can have that one-two punch. I think we thought you know, two years ago, we did have it the playoff year with Kareem Hunt. Unfortunately, last year, we did not have it. You know, it was one of those things where Hunt hit that wall. I'll be curious to see going into free agency. We're going to talk, obviously, about him here in a bit. But, yeah, it's about addressing a position. You made a point the other day that I thought was great, and the fact that we would have liked to have seen a little bit more out of 34 Jerome Ford, not on kickoff duty, even though I think you did pretty good on that, um, because at least
1: kind of an unknown. Yeah, it's really frustrating in a way that if we'd have seen a four-game sample where he's getting 50% of snaps with Chubb, we're probably sat here going either yes, he can be the number two, or he can't. We've got this really grey area that it's a bit like Nick Harris coming off of um his first, three year, uh, first two years where you're like, hey, we've seen one game, one game was good but is that sustainable? Who knows? Um, And you kind of go into this gray area. Whereas if we'd have known, Hey, we've seen four games. We've seen six games. He holds up fine as a number two. We don't need to invest anything because with the increased risk of Nick Chubb, I, I feel you now almost need to get a two because you could go the route of, Hey, you have Chubb Ford, a day three pick and a UDFA. And you're like, Hey, It doesn't matter. We've got two guys. Chubb goes down. Ford's not as good, but he can do the job. I don't have that level of confidence.
0: Well, we know that Chubb and Ford are on the the green ticket locks. What else do we have? I don't think – do we really have anybody on the bubble or pretty much now we move right down the roster into the unlikely-to-return camp bodies and free agents, right?
1: Yeah, so we've got two guys. I think one's interesting of note, and that's John Kelly. I think he's got a really nice shot to be – the fifth running back, which lands onto the practice squad. Um, And then McRae is someone they picked up um, to a reserve futures contract after the season. I don't expect him to be anything more than a body in camp. Hey, they've got four. You have four make the final team, but they'll make additions. We are not discussing Dmitry Felton here. He is a wide receiver. He has shown no sign of being a running back in his entire team, time in the NFL. I think we're talking 80% of snaps in his first season route out of the backfield and um, he was either in wide or somewhere else in the slot. And I think it was a hundred percent last year um, or it might've changed at some point in the season, but basically all of them, he's barely ever been in the backfield his entire time in the NFL. So to call him a running back is a bit disingenuous.
0: So if you're looking for Dimitri Feltik talk, catch out the next show here wide receivers coming up soon, but no, yeah, I think you're right. John Kelly's the guy um, who's a little interesting and he's going to battle, but You know, we do have two free agents. One is interesting. One, I believe you're helping pack.
1: Hey, I I wanted him gone last season. I was willing to cut this guy with no trade compensation to save 6.25 million. Before his roster bonus was due back in sometime in March, I was happy if there was no trade offer, just to straight up cut him. I was that willing to go and spend that money. I was between a defensive tackle and a wide receiver three, I'll be honest. I wanted more on a wide receiver three and defensive tackle. But I didn't mind where that money went between those two. I just didn't want it in a backup running back. And I, I'm going to say that was definitely a W for Duffin. Um, I think I can say it was an unpopular take, but it was the right take.
0: For those that haven't figured out, we are talking about Kareem Hunt. So, Kareem Hunt, free agent, um, gonna hit the market. Not really all that shocking. He's 28, you know, was on six million last year. God bless you, brother. Go out and get that deal somewhere else. Um, I think from a Browns organization standpoint, I think it was a good time for him here. I think signing him, bringing him back to his hometown team, linking him up with the Haslams in terms of their off field stuff, I think was good for him. So, in essence, you know, I know he had the, the the hot blazing start in Kansas city hit the rough patch. I thought the Browns did the right thing as an organization kind of saying, Hey, listen, we're going to stand by our guy. He obviously made a mistake. He acknowledged his mistake and he was able to write the ship in Cleveland. So wish him nothing but the best moving forward, which brings us into our last target, Dearness Johnson. Now Dearness Johnson has kind of been a little bit of a, Uh, a ghost, so to say, this last year. I think some people thought we were going to use him a little more than we did. We obviously saw him a couple years ago in that Denver game, you know, just obviously break out and have over 100 yards rushing. So Dearness Johnson, let's start with him in terms of the free agent, because we're not going to waste any time in Korean. He ain't coming back. So guys, send send him your best on Twitter and all that other stuff. But let's talk about Dearness Johnson. Jack, contractually, we paid him what? A
1: million something last year? it was like 1.2 million guaranteed and then like 1.2 million might be 1.3 in incentives so it was they because he was an undrafted free agent you get 3 years of control and then you give a restricted free agent tender which is non-guaranteed you keep the guy around and then you can either discuss a new deal or you can cut him and effectively they bullied him into a deal which was 1.3 million because no one else around the league really wanted him Um, they gave him the chance to earn the full deal if he'd have played lots of snaps, etc. People have said, hey, why would he come back? And the thing is, you look around the league and you've got guys like Marlon Mack. He's a fine running back. And hey, Marlon Mack's probably done more in the NFL than Jonas Johnson has. Yet, he was bouncing around practice squads. Le'Veon Bell, bouncing around practice squads. These are guys that are, they have a really good history and they can point to production. So the idea that he is going to be a massive demand when this is for me, the biggest running back free agency cast ever seen. Um, Yeah. A few guys at the top might get tagged, but there is so many players, whatever you're looking for, you can find it this year. He's got a real chance of landing on a practice squad.
0: Um, I, I think GMs have finally wised up to, unless you have the guy, right let's just say other teams version of Nick Chubb. These guys are interchangeable. They are. And teams are going to run them. They're running them like rental cars, right? They're running them for three years and then they're just letting them go. And you're like, well, hey man, I had that guy on my fantasy team, man. He really did good, you know? And then you have a Kenyan Drake type year where it's just like, they just go chicken right off the cliff. But I think this shows the importance of getting that day three running back, you know, these Jerome Ford type guys late in the draft and then in the undrafted free agency bucket to come in and fill these roles. Because as the skill position salaries go up, you got to find areas to, you know, kind of save a little bit of money. And people are doing it in running backs. That's why there's so many names out there because teams are like, I can get, you know, a Justin Jackson. There's 10 of them in the draft this year. I don't have to pay this guy. I can get this guy cheap. And I can get him under
1: control. Yeah, so I think there's a real chance that he doesn't get an offer elsewhere. One, I would say to keep in mind, because Alexander Matheson, we might touch on him in a minute, he's a free agent. Quesi obviously knows him, which gives him a foot up across any other team in the league that doesn't really know Deonis Johnson. I like him as a potential landing spot to be Dalvin Cook's backup next year um, or just their third running back. So one to keep in mind there, um, but if if someone offers him a league minimum with half a million guaranteed, he's probably signing that deal straight away.
0: Yeah, and I would as well. And if if the Browns offered to him, I have – that door is wide open. I would keep his credentials active. If De'arna Johnson wants to come back to Cleveland, I would absolutely, absolutely – let me try this again. I would absolutely have him back. I think he's a good one-cut runner. I think he fits what we're looking for. Foot in the ground, get uphill you know, I think you're going to see a little bit more explosion out of him than you would a guy like Kareem Hunt. So outside of that, I mean, Jack, we can pretty much go right down this list of free agent running backs. I mean, you can forget about Jacobs. You can forget about Barkley, you know, even Devin Singletary, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, you know, Tony Pollard, Jamal Williams. These guys are, the Browns are, there's not even phone calls going to be made to these guys.
1: No, um, these guys are completely out of question. Even Deontay Foreman, um, he, he's yeah. going to sign somewhere as a starter. Lots of these guys, Damian Harris, I don't know if you mentioned him, them guys, they're going to sign a starter somewhere. Lots of them will get tagged um, wherever they are. So, um, yeah, it, it's more or less move on to those names, and then you jump into everyone else. And these guys are not going to get much money.
0: So, realistically, what we're talking about in free agent pursuit is the a guy that's going to come in, challenge Jerome Ford, and say, Hey, listen, we're going to need three running backs. There's a spot open for one, right? Is the Ernest Johnson in the mix potentially, but you wrote an article about this Jack over at the OBR. So if you haven't read that, go check that out. Um, You and Brad Ward, I believe were the two that kind of did this Um, shout out to Brad who's been on the show before. Um, What, who are your top three? We'll just start with that because there was a lot of carryover in terms of this.
1: Yeah, so I'm kind of in my head. I'm saying, hey, one and a half to two mil, that's what I'd like to spend on this backup. It's a one-year rental. I'm not committing beyond that. Um, the top name I came out with, Alexander Matteson. Um, He's had a little bit of down um, the last couple of years, but who got the best out of him? Hey, it's Kevin Stefanski. So that's something that intrigues me, and it'll probably intrigue him to go, hey, Kareem Hunt, look at what happened to his career behind Nick Chubb. Great O-line. There's a. Um, Head coach there that knows what I can do. I think that's a really, really good case that makes sense for him, makes sense for the team, and he can come in and do a good job.
0: Yeah, for those that don't know, Madison was obviously the third down back running back two behind Dalvin Cook in Minnesota. The nice part about Madison, we're talking about a guy that's young, right? So he took about 25% of the snaps in Minnesota, 25 years old, basically coming off of a, you know, an introductory contract. I don't believe he was drafted. If I'm not mistaken, I think. Oh, no, he was drafted. I apologize. Uh, shout out Alexander Madison. Apologies. You were a third round pick number 102 by the Vikings. So this is a guy that's going to come in. He's trying to earn that second contract. I, I like the upside. It's just going to come down to a numbers game, right? It, it comes down to if a team misses out on one of these top tier guys, are they going to call him and give him that opportunity? That's really the only question I have. I like the, I like the idea. If he wants to come here I'd absolutely bring him in.
1: So, I think you'll like my number three more than my number two. So, we'll throw out my number two first. It's Latavius Murray. Um, he's had a really nice bounce back season with Denver. Um, and that's one that just intrigues me. And hey, probably not saying in Denver because Sean Payton came in and Sean Payton got rid of him from the Saints. So, it, country, let's ride. It's one where you expect him to go for a new team. He had a really nice season out of PFF's running backs, 10th out of 60. So, um, done the job and he was playing on league minimum. Uh, so, uh, yeah, he doesn't give you much in the receiving game, but at the same time, hey, I'd rather throw the ball at the receivers than running backs. So, as long as someone can do it, whether it's Ford, et cetera, is fight. And He's also I'm, older
0: than my wife.
1: I'm more concerned about finding a guy that can step in if Nick Chubb goes down in camp, if Nick Chubb goes down during the season, and be the running back. In terms of the receiving game, we can work that out. So I, I think that's one that I don't mind that move. Yeah.
0: Murray's a guy. He's obviously been a journeyman around the league. All you fantasy football players know him. I just, my only thing on him is his age. You know, he's just, he's up there in years. So I would probably look for other options, not named 32 year, 33 year old running backs.
1: And so next we've got a couple of guys. Um, and these saw sort of my last of the, this is the backup running back. Um, There's Raheem Mostert, I reckon at $2 Really nice season. Knows the scheme. Um, Former Brown. Yep. And there's just lots of boxes that he ticks. So for me, in a way, he'd be the ideal guy to bring in. Jeff Wilson's another one that um, will be slightly cheaper. But you're looking for those guys. They've been on the Dolphins. They've been on the 49ers. They're naturally going to slot in like a glove and they know what they're doing, and you're not projecting. Because the danger is you're bringing in a guy that goes, oh, will he play well in this scheme? And it, also there's the twist in the scheme, because it's a very different running game. That's Nick Chubb included. They're going to be playing out the gun more, um, and that stuff that tweaks how the lanes are open for Chubb, etc. Um, so that's another thing to keep in mind when we talk about, we've seen Nick Chubb do what he'd done under the old scheme, Is he going to be as successful under this game? Under six games, no. But then, hey, the O-line wasn't quite what it was, all the knock-on impact. Certainly something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah, and I think the Browns having the continuity up front. I think Pochic going down was kind of a big kicker to that run game. But to your point, I think the Browns, when they're looking at these guys, the one thing we know he has the ability to do it, and that's catch the ball out of the backfield, but we don't necessarily remember I'm just all over the map today. When Pollard came onto the scene with the Cowboys, he was really kind of used exclusively in that pass catching role. And then people realized, hey, this guy's not so bad in between the tackles as well. So I think that's really the primary focus of what I want that number two running back to be, that number three running back to be is a guy who on third down can can get open out of the flat, who can make a guy miss. We haven't seen it necessarily with Ford, Jerome Ford. We don't know if he can or cannot do that, but he's a guy that, you know, if given the opportunity, can he take advantage of it? So, when I look at some of these free agents and I look at a guy, you know, like, say, Jeff Wilson, at least we know they have some hands. They've played in that outside zone scheme. They understand how to set up the blocks because the Browns aren't changing their, their DNA in terms of that running game. So, finding guys that could put their foot in the ground, get upfield, but ultimately impact the passing game, that's, I think, where you're looking at it. And if I'm a free agent running back and I miss a you know, big deal, the Josh Jacobs or something like that. I look at the Browns and say, this is a team that's committed to running the ball. This is a team with a a zone scheme, maybe that I like to run in. We know that they have a lot of money invested in that offensive line. So who knows? Maybe a guy like Damian Harris comes out and says, I missed all the big deal. I'm willing to take a $2 million deal, one-year deal to come in and compete for that number two job. It's very possible. But to your point, I think there's some other guys on here. Um, so you said Wilson and Mostert. Mostert's a guy, obviously, came off the Browns practice squad, Weiss from Cleveland. Medicals are big on him, right? That's going to be the big thing with him is the medicals. He's battled injuries, he's at 31. Um, so I would want to make sure he gets a clean build of health. But the other guy, if we're looking at kind of that older, maybe the Matt Breida, you know, he was a guy that was obviously out in San Francisco. If you remember, right, Browns fans, he's the one that took the one run like 90 yards right through you and was faster than anybody on our defense. But these are guys we're talking cheap vet minimums. Um, I'm trying to think of guys that have played, you know, in that scheme, Jack, is where I'm going on that.
1: So in sort of the Dearness Johnson mold of he's not quite the backup that you feel as comfortable with, with like the Mattis and the Murray, the most, uh, just coincidence, they're all named them. Justin Jackson would be a guy that you're giving no guarantees to. He can come in and camp and he is battling for a role. That's one that intrigues me. Um, Marlon Mack is a guy we touched on Um, if you are looking for I just want a fourth running back that I can go if we don't like anyone in the draft and we're bringing in UDFAs to fight, I'd be more than happy bringing in Marlon Mack to be at that fourth, hasn't played much special teams, that's the one bit of could you have some confidence because your fourth guy needs to play some special teams or if he's just the guy that battles with John Kelly for the practice squad spot I am more than happy with that so he's one that I don't mind there. If you want to spend a little bit more money, and this might be because he doesn't get an opportunity elsewhere, Rashad Penny intrigues me. Um, Signed for like 5.75 million last year, got injured, um, and injuries are going to be the risk with him. But you are not going to find a better backup running back probably than him. So if you're willing to take the risk with the injuries and go – he just wants a one-year deal. He hasn't got an opportunity to be a one anywhere because people are scared of injuries, but he'll sign as a two. Two and a half mil? I'd be intrigued with that.
0: Yeah, and he's kind of that, to me, with that Damian Harris mold, where you're looking for a guy that's like, hey, I have maybe a short one-year deal to prove it, get on the field. I mean, at the end of the day, even in a down year, Cream Hunt still took, like, what, 42% of the snaps for the Browns, which is 42% more than you would have given him. I get it. But if I'm a running back, I'm looking at that saying, Hey, there's 40 plus percent of snaps out there for me. So that one and a half, two million is not so bad. I know I only have one last chance, you know, to get this. Penny's an interesting guy. I, I, I think there's, you know, I think Homer is probably going back to the Seahawks. My guess would be Kenneth Walker, obviously taking that job over Homer saying, Hey, this is my opportunity. He's still young. Um, all times. talk is that David Montgomery will be working with the bears to try to stay there. Huge locker room guy. At least what I'm hearing out here in Chicago is now the crazy part is they're talking for him like five, 6 million. So it's one of those things where the market isn't always as green as some people think. Right. So outside of Jacobs and Barkley, I don't see the Miles Sanders, the Montgomery Pollard's probably going to be what the third highest paid running back of that
1: lot. A lot of the top guys all get tagged. So Pollard might get the tag. Um, just because they, they might finally get rid of Ezekiel Elliott. And so that could be an interesting one that Zeke's out there in free agency um, because if he gets cut, then he's out there on the market. So it's intriguing the way this thing works. And it's why once Chubb's gone, which is that a year's time or two years' time, based on the decline, none of us know. We know Nick Chubb was great in the past. Trying to project what he's going to be when he's 28-29 is a whole nother ball game. But the dream scenario is you use like a fourth or fifth round pick every single year, and that's your four running backs. They've all got a different length of service, and then you just let the oldest one leave, and that's not necessarily the first. That could be the third guy on the depth chart because other ones hit, and then you let the next one go. And then at the same time, you're looking at free agents and going, hey, Ezekiel Elliott, Rashad Penny, yeah, we'll pay that guy two and a half mil. He can come in here on one-year prove-it deal. Resurrect his career and he's off because you get that little bit of extra value. And hey, if you're paying everyone a rookie deal, you can afford to throw two and a half million at a dart that this guy might be good. And who? It could be that Derek Henry in a year's time, the Titans move off on him. And then he goes somewhere on a cheap one-year deal. Who wouldn't want like a a late season Derek Henry? Yeah, he's not going to be the guy of two years ago, but he's going to give you a really good level of play. And they are dirt cheap.
0: Yeah. I, I I think that cycle and bringing those guys in is the route. So what I'm going to do, Jack, like with the quarterbacks, I'm going to run through just a couple names, just keep it simple. Yes. No, maybe. So let me know what your take is on these guys. Um, realistically, we're obviously looking for a guy that can contribute special teams. You know, I'm not expecting you to know all the full workups on this, but all right, we're going to stop here. So or start here. So Madison is a yes for you. He's your top target.
1: What about Benny Snell Pittsburgh? No, nah. I'm, Good on Benny Snell. I think there's better options.
0: Uh, I don't know the number, but obviously Miles Sanders. Is he going to be too pricey for you?
1: Yeah, he's going to be too pricey.
0: Justice Hill out of Baltimore. Uh, Not good enough. Not good enough. Travion Williams, third string running back in Cincinnati.
1: He's one of my four guys that I like as that special teams practice squad guy. Um, I'll bring him in for camp, see what he's got. A few nice flashes but it is a very small sample
0: by the way, Brian Flores going to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, You said Rashad Petty, Justin Jackson.
1: Yeah. I I really like him as that. Don't give him any guarantees, bring him in, but it's going to be one where he would come in now. If you're happy with Ford as that, but if you sign someone else, you're not going to get him as well because he's, His agent's going to do the same thing we're doing. Look at that roster and go, well, is there a fourth spot open? Yes, but they're going to draft someone, so it's not open. Lots of these guys, when you're sat there and going, oh, I wish the Browns signed that guy, it's important to remember both sides of the equation. A guy's not going to take a one-year prove-it deal on a team where he's going to be the third choice.
0: Yeah, so Jeff Wilson's a yes for you as well?
1: Yeah, I'm fine with that.
0: All right, let's see here. Uh, Boston Scott only scores touchdowns against the Giants.
1: I think he's going to get a little bit of money. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back um, there. So I think he stays with the Eagles. I, I would be fine with it. Um, but at the same time, I can't say I'm getting excited about spending $2 million on him. Super Bowl legend Corey Clement? Uh, could be a third running back. But since we're probably looking for a backup, I don't think he fits the bill.
0: Jarek McKinnon.
1: No, I think he is incredibly overrated. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes has made him look a lot better. and Who knows? He might get a little bit of money for him and good luck to him if he does, but I don't want that $2 million to come from Cleveland.
0: And rounding out the group, Sexy Rexy Rex Burkhead.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Oh. Breaking my heart, Jack.
1: Breaking my heart. couple of names that made my uh, special teams list. Um, or guys, uh, I mentioned Marlon Mack. Another one that, even better than Marlon Mack, that I would love to sign as a, a guy battling for your fourth, might be on the practice squad. T.Y. Johnson off the Jets. Um, the not length, much.
0: Just
1: Ty Johnson. Ty Johnson. Not much in the um, pass game, but really good in the run game. Special teamer. Um, I think there is a lot of upside if you end up putting him on there. Um, Daryl Williams, um, not great at pass blocking, but he's an option there if you can bring him in. We did Travion Williams. Another one, Trenton Cannon at the Titans. Um, He doesn't do much as a running back, but very, very promising on special teams. And if you're looking at what do you want a fourth running back to do, if the fourth running back is playing running back snaps, something's gone seriously wrong. And I think that's a mistake people make when, especially when we were looking back at Janovich a few years ago, they were like, oh, we should get rid of him and bring in a running back. Quite frankly, what is a th- fourth running back going to do? They, The third running back's not playing running back snaps, let alone the fourth. They are special teams roles in the same way your sixth linebacker isn't actually really a linebacker. Um, I'd, I'd be intrigued with a uh, Trenton Cannon. Maybe... Schwartz comes in with a a bit of knowledge of, hey, this guy's really good on special teams, has a word with Prefer, Prefer has a word with AB, and they could look him.
0: Yeah, I mean, as we see, the running backs is kind of going to be a pick your poison, and I think, luckily, when you have big names at the top and you have the draft producing the talent that it does year to year, this is one of those ones where I think you can find some quote-unquote diamonds in the rough. And I think for all the people out there that were really, really, you know, banging the drum at Jack about cutting Cream Hunt, it's because look what is available in the market versus what you are paying. Right, right. If I'm paying four hundred dollars a month for a Kia and somebody else is paying four hundred dollars a month and getting performance of say a Lexus, you have to look and saying why am I giving this particular person this amount of money when I can get equal or better production for less? That's the opportunity cost that we bang the drum on for a long time. So obviously a lot of names out there, you know, we're not going to go down the rabbit hole of all the guys available in the draft. As you know, running backs in the draft are a dime a dozen. And I don't mean that insultingly. It's just a fact. You're not going to see a ton of them, even at the top of the draft, even for the top guys. It's just, it's just not a position right now where people
1: are investing a ton of money in. Yeah. We're drafting juice form fifth round book it, all done.
0: I would love it. I, the deuce is on the loose. I love that guy out of Kansas state. So, but yeah, running back, not a big hole to fill. I think upcoming now, I do think the wide receiver show uh, that we're going to do after this one is going to be a bigger one because there's just a lot of moving parts in this room, right? We went from having the juice in the OBJ room to the Cooper and the DPJ room. And there's guys in the draft. There's guys in free agency, There's a lot with wide receivers, so I would expect a little bit more in terms of that than the running backs because at this point we know who our workhorse is, much like quarterback, but there's not really that much that goes into that number two, number three role. But it was at least nice to see Ford do a little bit on the kick return. It kind of uh, made you eat a little special teams crow, so number 34 in my heart.
1: Hey, he was a naughty boy, though. There was lots of running out the end zone.
0: He did at least crack a couple. Most of the time they run it out and they get to the 22, the 26. It's like, oh, come on. At least at one point he was getting like the 50. It was amazing. <laughs> he even got tackled by a kicker one time. I haven't seen that in a while.
1: So, no, it's it's an interesting one. I think they bring in a guy. Um, I think they'll spend somewhere in that one and a half, two million range, and they'll just bring in a guy. We'll all clap about it. And it's on to the next one. Hopefully we don't see much of him, but you've got to have somebody. Um Personally, Listen. if you bench Chubb, I would much rather throw five receivers out there. Occasionally, they'll need a running back as well.
0: We talk about, you know, Miles Garrett, 60% of the snaps. At this point, I wouldn't mind seeing Nick Chubb in certain games, maybe at that 50% of the snaps, you know, 50-55, where we can keep him fresh. I know everybody thinks that there's an automatic five yards every time he gets the ball, but not always the case. Let's, let's bring some youthful guys in there. Let's get a little bit of a pop. I would love to have the Tony Pollard situation out of Dallas. I really would, where you sign the guy, he comes in, he's old Mr. Reliable. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes number 20 blazing down the sideline, scoring touchdowns. So it's one of those things. If you're looking to develop a running back factory, I think you start doing it now. You bring in a couple of vets to fill the mold, like San Francisco did, but then you keep churning out these UDFAs and these low round, these day three draft picks. That yeah, must be.
1: I don't want to get to the point where you're. Nick Chubb's contract expires in two years' time and we're sat here wondering what on earth's going on with the room. You draft these guys now, and if we're sat there, say they keep him for 2023, 2024, and they let him go after that contract because they don't extend him, turn it into a comp pick, whatever. If they've drafted a guy this year and next year, well, we've seen what these guys look like. There's three running backs that we're fine with behind... Chubb, it's Ford, it's Juice Vaughn, it's one other guy we pick next off-season. Well, you sat there and fans, hey, Nick Chubb misses three, four, five games, and the running game's still successful because whether it's Juice Vaughn, whether it's Ford, whether it's someone else, they come in and they can do it all as a collection. Then there's less sort of frustration that you move on from a Nick Chubb. You don't ever want to go cold turkey of like, hey, we don't know what we've got, let people go and whatever happens, happens. It's building that pipeline so that it's not a painful decision when you move on. The same way we might talk about drafting a wide receiver now because Amari Cooper goes in two years' time. Well, if you get T Higgins in the second round, and then we're talking about Amari Cooper walking in two years' time, no one's that frustrated when it happens. So it's about prepping, sequencing deals so that you're, you're ready to move on.
0: Yeah. And also you want these guys in the program. So you stick them in on third down, they learn blitz protections. They learn, you know, how to, how to develop in the play action game. Like there's more than just handing a guy a ball four yards deep in the, you know, in the backfield and having him you know, plow forward on a, on a dive play for six yards or something. You know, there's a lot that goes into becoming an NFL running back. And you know, what's the one thing you see with young running backs? It's you throw them right in and all of a sudden, man, there's a blitz from the weak side. They don't pick it up and boom your quarterback gets crushed. It's like, you know, that's a very important piece. So having that pipeline where guys are able to be within the system for two, three years before you're really putting them out there with a ton of carries on their body, understanding the offense, where they're supposed to do, what the reads are, what the hots are all vital parts of an efficient offense.
1: Yep. And that's one. So we'll be back at some point uh, with the wide receiver show. Um, Once we get it all together, we will uh, post it and, uh, enjoy
0: absolutely so mr jack all right uh we will definitely have a show before the super bowl uh paul has requested he's he has dynamite hot takes for the super bowl so we'll have to get something on the books before then uh but other than that anything you got
1: coming up at the obr that you want to plug one just because we touched on nick chubb i did an article it had been a few weeks ago um just looking at what happens if it was just nick chubb runs so Joe Thomas spoke about it in the past of what happens if um, it's rushing efficiency and how consistently you move the chains because yards per carry means nothing in the grand scheme of it. And I just sat there and added every Nick Chubb run. So say it went 2-2-2-8. Two, 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 well, 2-2-2, two, 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 you've punted. And then, yeah, the eight's great for the next series um, that you play. And all I did was plough all those numbers together. And it was just an interesting scenario where you don't actually score many points. I think we were getting like 10 points a game. Um, so nine and a half points per game on offense. So not really ideal, but it's just a scenario to look at what does that look like? Can you consistently run the ball? The answer is no, but as a nice complementary piece when Watson opens a passing game, hill off game for the run is uh, something you
0: Perfect. Awesome. Good stop, Check it out. Uh, but until then, most importantly, go Browns.
1: Go Browns. Go Brown.